Hey guys, I'm Alex, this is Lunchbox Radio, and today we're talking about Blade Runner 2022 Blackout. So if you haven't seen it on Twitter already, or if you're not on Twitter or whatever, um, or if you haven't seen it in like the, new, the anime news yet, to promote the new Blade Runner movie coming out, um, the director director of said new movie went to I think he said in the opening of the of Watanabe's short, which is up on Crunchyroll today, the day I'm releasing this. Like I watched it probably less than an hour ago. Um, that he. Produ- that he asked three different creators to produce different short films or projects after the original Blade Runner movie, but before Blade Runner 2049. Um, and then he introduced that this is what Watanabe, Watanabe, the director of Cowboy Bebop, and also, I think, Terror and Resonance. I should know that, but I'm pretty sure Terror and Resonance. Um, this is his, this is his short, this is his addition to that little project. Um, so I want to talk about it because it is stunning, and I will talk about why, why it's stunning compared to a lot of other things, um, and also, I should say, when you watch it, don't just turn it off at the credits, because the credits of this thing are just fucking amazing. Normally, just so you have an, for those of you who maybe like anime, but you don't have a much of an idea of how anime works, what will happen is, except in rare cases, some the main animation studio will do all what's called the keyframes, which means, let's say every five frames, every fifth frame, is a key movement. And so you get a quick idea of what the, like, movements are and everything like that. And then they send the project over to a in-betweening studio, usually in Korea or China or some other place where it's cheaper for them to produce the the in-betweens in that motion that make it a fluid animation. Now, there's exceptions to this, like certain scenes. That anim- that studio, the main studio, will animate those scenes completely because they want complete quality control and they want that to be a showpiece. But, by and large, a lot of that stuff is done not just out of house, but out of country. To give you an idea of the kinds of places that do this. The 1995 Batman the Animated Series, there were large chunks of it that were animated in Japan. Um, Ren and Simpy famously was sent to, I think it was China, to be in be- to have in-between animation done, and they made mistakes that are now classic Ren and Simpy moves, like when one of them has no eyeballs. That was a mistake they got back from the in-between studio. And they just stared at it and they said, no, 
this is so fucked up, we're leaving it in, it's awesome. Um, to give you an idea of <laughs> exactly how often and how much even American cartoons do this. But in the credits of Blade Runner, if you pay attention, you look at the in-between studios, it clearly just says Gynax. So, a mainline, big-time, serious studio contributed at least one animator to do just the in-betweens on was essentially a 30-minute pro- promo for a movie. Now, why is that? That's because, A, it's... So Shiro Watanabe, the director of Cowboy Bebop and all this other stuff, and he's a big, huge name. B, it's a massive budget. It is probably it was probably the same budget that mo that some twelve to twenty six episode series get for the entirety of the series for one. 30-minute episode. Two, or three, it's Blade Runner. It is, like, it is one of the properties in the sci-fi universe. Meaning, like, you don't get any, you don't really get any higher than three or four things. Let's say four, for argument's sake. Blade Runner, Ghost in the Shell, Cowboy Bebop, and Gundam. If you wanted to add a fourth, a fifth there, you'd probably say Star Wars. But think, to give you an idea, like you might think, like, well, why isn't you know the Matrix on there? Because the thing responsible for the Matrix is Ghost in the Shell. Why isn't this thing on there? The, you know, they all, they all kind of lead up, they all kind of, like, come down or branch off of one of those five trees in some way. Still to this day, lots of them do. Um, but this thing is gorgeously produced. It's really amazingly fluid animation. They have everything from pencil animation to, like, flawless CG where they can use it. It's just a really good-looking thirty minutes of animation. So if you if you haven't seen it yet, if you're listening to this, either tomorrow or at some other point, it's on Crunchyroll. You can go find it. It's not even subtitled. It's English dubbed, so it's like you can watch it. What I watched it while I was eating lunch, and it. It's a really stunning 30 minutes. Now, the story... Now, I should warn you, spoilers. The story for small projects like this can sometimes get lost in the woodworks. Because if you're asked to produce, like, a 30-minute story... Where it feels fleshed out, and it's but it exists in a universe already... That can get really muddy, and you have to do you, you have to do a lot of explaining, and then a lot of storytelling, 
in some cases, as much as you would do if you stretched it out over, once again, 12 to 26 episodes, in like a 30, in usually a 30 minute to 45 minute chunk. Now, if you want an example of how to handle this well and not so well, you can look at anime compilation movies. Things like Memories, things like, um... Robot Carnival, I don't know if you can still find Robot Carnival, but Robot Carnival, things like the Animatrix, things like, um, there's a really recent one called Short Piece, which has some fucking brilliant animation in it, and some fucking brilliant shorts in it, but all of these different compilations show you, like, oh man, that's an amazing, 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 like, chunk. And then it can be followed up by, like, a terrible, like, the story's not well written, you don't care about anybody, and sometimes, like, as little as five minutes, these things can be incredible, can just be snappy, you're in it, you're, like, with all these people, and then you're back out as fast as they as fast as they brought you in, they spit you back out, and you're like, oh man, that was great. But some of them just, like, they don't work. And a be- uh, the best example for, like, that just didn't work is probably a bunch, a handful of the shorts produced in the Animatrix, like, um, compilation movie. It's just, like, they just don't work. It's freaking weird. There's one about a track star who taps into the Matrix, and that gets weird. Um, But, and that's the kind of, like, tradition that something like doing a 30-minute promo piece comes from. And more directly, it comes from what's called an anajam. Anajams are basically when a bunch of animators get together, and they all animate, like, a section of something, and it has to be connected to a, to the next section somehow. So, like, somebody will animate something, and they'll, at least in practice, they'll animate something, and they'll give you the last cell, and they say, like, take this and do whatever you want with it, but this is your starting point. Um, I did an anim- I did an anjam when I was training for when I was training, when I was being trained in animation, um, where I think I turned an A into a walking turtle who smoked a pipe with that top hat, with, like, the, like, top of the top hat was loose and bouncing as he walked and smoked his little pipe. Uh, that was fun. Um, but that's just so you have an idea of, like, the history of, like, short animations and where they lived maybe after they were, like, promo and war and wartime pieces, but before they were the full, fleshed-out, like, seasonal cartoons that people watch now, or or anime series that people watch now. Um, even though those two things are just the real thing, are just the same thing, it's just a... You... It's, it's a... It's a... What's it called? Um geological position of where everything is. Like, if it's from Japan, it's anime. If it's from America, it's cartoons. 
but they're literally the same thing. And like I said, with the 1995 Batman, is that anime? Who knows? It was lots of it was animated in Japan at the time. It it could qualify if you wanted to be a dick about it, but whatever. But we'll leave that for later. But the story of this is basically, and once again, spoilers, if I didn't say it before. Well, I did say it before, but it took a while after, but spoilers. The story of this is basically, since the original Blade Runner, which I think takes place in 2020, there has been a war at, in which both sides of the war were essentially replicants, quote-unquote. Um, and for those of you who don't know anything about Blade Runner, if you're listening to this, Replicants are essentially robots who are created for a purpose, but that purpose requires that they basically function as humans. So they were created, but then not given the like self-aware, the ability to be self-aware that th- that they are robots. So they exist as if they're humans, but they're not. <laughs> um. So after that, there was a war in which both sides were replicants, essentially robot people. And then, on top of that, there was huge discrimination against replicants. There was a database made. It's very Nazi Germany creepiness. And they were persecuted, killed, beaten in the streets. And so you come in kind of on this group of guys who are essentially going after this replicant girl, and they're just saying, this is what you were made for. We're gonna rape the shit out of you. And then this guy comes out of nowhere, beats the shit out, beats the shit out of all of them and says, to save her. And then they essentially team up to go cause a blackout with an EMP missile and destroying the backups of the city of L.A., which they eventually do do in spectacular fashion. But that's the basic story. But And there are some loose ends there. Like, there's just some, like, I might watch it again because, once again, it is only 30 minutes, but there are some loose ends that I didn't, I didn't connect right on my first watching of it. But, um, I will probably watch it again. But it's a really great presentation. It packs everything I just told you about the story into a 30-minute, consumable, understandable thing, which is impressive. And like I said, they got studios who, like, they've got better stuff to be working on, probably, than, like, a promo piece for an American movie, and they were just like, director of Cowboy Bebop, for Blade Runner, endless budget, sign me up. Like, let's go. Let's make this thing happen. Um, and just so you guys know, if you want to know, like, if you want to know, if you want kind of a crash course and what and how animation works and how like the anime industry specifically works go watch Shirobako it's amazing it's got great 
it's got a it's got a great kind of breakdown of exactly how the animation industry works currently and how kind of slapdash it can get. Um, another thing you could watch if you can find it is I think it's the last episode of Golden Boy. Yeah, it's the last episode of Golden Boy that gets real meta. He basically he works in an animation studio. And you see kind of like, not, you don't see the financial side of animation the way you see in Shirobako, but you see kind of the way animes work and the kind of super unglamorous version of the way they live. And by live, I mean the way they sleep in sleeping bags under their desks, a la like new game and crap. Um, which is one thing that I know they don't necessarily do in, um, at least I don't remember them doing in Shirobako, is showing, like, oh, yeah, these guys, ne- like, never go home, and they never sleep, and they get paid, like, $2 an hour. It, it's kind of fucked up. They eat cup noodles under their desk at night, and then they just kind of, like, pop their heads up and, like, go at it again. Um, but, so that's an idea of the, like, the animation industry, and it will put kind of, like, how great something like Blade Runner 40, 2022 is as just, like, a piece of thing that exists now, and why it's such a big deal for you to be looking through the credits and be like, oh, that person directed this, this person directed that, that person... It's from this studio. This person from that studio. Like that doesn't happen every day. That that's a that you require an astronomical budget to be like okay. So Shiro Watanabe is going to direct this, and this person is going to be the lead animator, and this person from this other studio is going to do just the in between frames, because we're crazy fucking people, and it's awesome. So go check it out. Um, like I said, it's only thirty minutes. You have 30 minutes somewhere. Watch it. Like I said, it's not even subtitled, so it you, you don't even have to read this damn thing. Go watch this freaking one episode thing. It's worth your time. It's awesome. Check it out. Um, I'll be back later with something else, I'm sure. Um, thanks for taking the time to listen. Oh, and if you like this podcast... Please leave a review. I've put out three episodes, and I don't know what people actually think of this podcast, because nobody leaves reviews. So, uh, rate and review me on iTunes. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram, at Alex Holt Cohan. I post drawings, I post, like, these podcasts, I post all kinds of weird crap. Um, you can also follow me at Alex O'Cohan on Twitter, which posts all that stuff, plus, like, me playing Pokin and video games and all that fun jazz. Uh, So I will talk to you later.